days. Today is entitled, it won't come up and that's okay, a bad day. A bad day. And uh, I want to give us some handles as to how to turn a bad day into a good, a good day. I don't stand before you having figured out life. I stand before you having defeated a lot of bad days. I've overcome a lot of bad days. I know there's a lot more on the way. Because the more you win, the bigger the battles, right? What they say, the bigger, the higher the levels, the bigger the devils or something like that. They say the old southern preacher says. And so you got to be ready for them devils as you win. It's important that you grow in your emotional maturity. Because how you feel will have you kind of take a pause when you should be pressing the gas. How you feel will have you press the gas and you should be taking a pause. So we got to get a wrap on our feelings. Let's go here to 1 Samuel 30. I got the handheld, so I'm ready to preach today. I, I've been too tired of being cute, you know, so I'm, I'm ready to go. I might run around a little bit. I might get hype. I might yell. I might say hell, but I'm not talking about eternity. So, you know, all right, y'all ain't with me. All right, I'm serious. I'm ready to go. I, I, I had the headset on. I took it off on that last song. God said, take it off and let it rip. I said, you sure? I haven't let it rip since Florida. Let it rip. I said, all right, can I let it rip? Can I let it rip? Y'all be making me feel like I'm square dancing up here. I need to, I need to let it rip. All right, here it is. Psalm, uh, 1 Samuel 30, verse 3. Online, it's going to be good. Buckle in your seatbelts. Get your coffee and all that good stuff. Let's go. It says this here. Uh, when, when, when David saw his men, when David and his men saw the ruins and realized what had happened to their families, they wept until they could weep no more. So what happened was they were going off into a battle. King David was uh, next in line. King Saul had pretty much gone crazy. He had rebelled against God, the first king of Israel. This is about 900 years before the birth of Christ. And David is next up. David has 600 men, their wives and their children. So about 3,000 people or so that he's leading. And they were going off to battle with a group of Philistines, but the group of Philistines did not trust them on this particular battle. So they sent them back home to their allotted land. And when they went back home, their wives and their children and all of their resource was gone. And so it says this here that when they got there, they recognized that they were gone and they wept until they could weep no more. Verse six says this, David, someone say David. David, David was now in great danger because all his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters. And they began to talk of stoning him. So someone say bad day, bad day. Bad day. I mean, these are the men that if you go to first Samuel around 22, these are the men who came to David because life was hard and life was tough and they were, they were discouraged. They came to David and David encouraged them, built them up, trained them, raised them up to places of authority. God, through David, gave them influence, blessed their lives. And now a situation hits where their comfort is challenged and they want to turn against their leader. And so now... One man against 600 men. I mean, these 600 men included the 30 mighty men, one of which was a guy by the name of Benaniah, who at one point in his life was walking one day on a snowy day. And the Bible says that there was a lion that came and emerged from the fog and from the snow. 
And as this lion was approaching Benaniah, the Bible says that this lion fell in a pit. And I would have been, if I'm Ben and I, I'm going to praise the Lord. You know, God showed up. Let's go home. But the Bible says that this man, who was David's pretty much top man, this man jumped in the pit and killed the lion. Because the things that we don't handle or take care of today will come back bigger and better later at some point. Right? And so David would um, promote him to top captain of his his security. And so people like Ben and I, there's one guy who killed 600 men with an ox bone, with the jaw of an ox. And so this is one man, David versus 600 men. And he's having a bad day. Someone say bad day. day. And it says this here that, 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 but David found strength in the Lord, his God, or other translation says that he encouraged himself in the Lord. I want to drop this here. No one is coming to save you. No one's coming to save you. Your spouse ain't going to save you. Your boss is not going to save you. It's a great chance you're not going to hit the lotto. No one's coming to save you. You have to get that down in your heart. You have to get that down in your mind. No one is coming to save you because we're selfish at best. We'll check on you a little bit. We'll pray for you a little bit. We'll give you a little money, but no one is coming to save you. You have to learn that in any given season, on any given bad day, I'm going to have to lift myself up today. I'm going to have to encourage myself in the Lord, my God. I can't lay here. I can't stay here. I can't make excuses. I have to encourage myself Today, no one's going to say, even the person you love the most cannot save you. So he had to encourage himself in the Lord, his God. And it says this here. Then he said to Abiathar, the priest, bring me the ephod, which is an apron that you needed to put on in order to enter into the presence of God. So Abiathar brought it. Then David asked the Lord, should I chase after this band of raiders? Will I catch them? I love how he consulted God before he did anything. There's so much in this text. And the Lord told him, yes, go after them. You will surely recover everything that was taken from you. Even though it's a bad day, it can be a good one. But it's based because we all have bad days. We're all sitting under the same message. But someone's going to respond to this message differently. We're all under the same rainy day. But someone's going to go home and kill it and work out and cook and iron and clean up and have a great day. And someone's going to go home and slouch on the couch. It doesn't make anyone any better, but it's just the reality that different people respond to the same circumstance in a different way. Bad day, bad day, bad day. Someone say bad day. Bad day, bad day. A valley in the Bible represents a low place. It represents many things, but today we're going to talk about a low place or a tough season. And we all face setbacks and we all hit lows in life. And, and th- praise the Lord. If you're going through a great season, maybe today's message is not for you. I don't mean to depress you, but this is the truth of the matter. You're either in a storm, you're about to exit a storm, or you're about to enter a storm. 
So just because you're sitting here good, you're like, I ain't come here for this today. I'm sorry, but I prophesy, and I'm sorry, but this is an accurate prophecy. You are about to enter a storm soon. So you need to open your heart. You need to be ready for this message. You need to get this truth in your spirit. You need to prepare yourself for the fight that you're about to be in. And even if you're winning right now, more battles are coming. The devil don't want to see you win. Your enemies don't want to see you win. You're in a battle for your life. You're in a battle for your future. You're in a battle for your family. You're in a battle for your finances. You are in a battle in case you did not know. And you can be all passive and all apathetic and all lazy that you meant. But let me tell you something. It just you just end up in a vicious cycle. So it it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart to walk out in this world and see the amount of people that have no passion for anything anymore. You walk in the store, there's trash. The shirts are not folded. The pants are not folded. People take your money. They don't say thank you anymore. They don't look you in the eye anymore. They don't know how to shake a hand anymore. It breaks my heart to see the lack of passion in this generation and what God will do when there's no passion, when there's no gratitude, when there's no excellence. He will take it away. And this is my philosophy. America, when it's good, double down. Don't get comfortable. Press the gas. Move forward. Let's build on what we have. Do we not read the scripture? When it got too good, that's when nations started to lose it. Because we have no enemies. We look around, oh, we can defeat them. We can defeat them. We can defeat them. We can defeat them. So now let's treat each other like crap. Okay. Now you got a nation that doesn't even love the Lord rising up. Read it. Read it. It happens every three to 400 years. Read it. You have to have a passion. Students, you must make A's. You must raise your grades. You must study. You you must work hard. You must move up the ladder. So many people complaining about where they are in life. I I just wish that it was better. Who, who, Who wishes it was better? I just wish it was my life was better. Who wishes it was better? I. Pastor, what do you think I should do? I think you should pick up a mirror and make your life better. Y'all don't want this word. I told you I'm here to preach today. You need to make your life better. You get off your butt. Make your life better. No one's coming to save you. Your mom don't have the strength. Let me tell you something. I'm a parent. The older I get, the less strength I have. And I'm only 36. They better get it right early. You better take out this trash, wash these dishes, fold them clothes, 
make that bed, pick your pants up, change them pants. You're not leaving this house with holes in your pants. You're not going to school with pajamas on. You're not going to be a sorry adult. You ain't paying one bill. I'm getting tired. You leaving the house soon. Get your life right because you become an adult and problems get real and they get bigger and your boss don't care about you. Your professor don't care about you. You better pick it up. Young people, hear my heart. Pick it up right now. Pick it up. Because one day, mommy and daddy can't cover you. You got to step it up. You see them dishes, do them. You see that trash, take it out. You see them clothes, pick it up. Because it's building something on the inside of you. That when you're 25, you're like, why is my life so disorganized? Because you were hard-headed. You never listened to mom. You never listened to dad. You didn't listen to aunt. Now, everything in your life is in shambles. Because when you were being trained as a teenager, you didn't listen. You didn't obey. Because the problem isn't your mind. You, you have the mind of a genius. You can create bara. Bara means from nothing. Asa, you can create from, from something. You are created in the image of God. It's not your potential, it's your work ethic. And a lot of us have a million dollar vision, but a hundred dollar work ethic. And we want to complain about a bad day. I'm tired. My Savior did not get beaten. He did not get put on the cross. He did not rise from the grave so that I can be lazy and passive and not. Mm -mm. Jesus, you deserve it all. I was going to sleep last night. I was done with the day. I promise I was done with my day. I was so done. My body was so weak. You know how, how sometimes when, 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 you're, when you're in the bed and you feel achy, yeah. like you're, you're ready to go to sleep. The only thing you have to do is just close your eyes and you're done. You're out. That's where I was last night. Someone said, God don't care. <laughs> it's like, that's when you know someone love you. When they're rude towards your comfort. Only 20% of people call that. <laughs> when they're rude towards your comfort. I was laying my head down. And I know God. Like, we, we've been doing this thing for like 17 years. I know him now. You know what I mean? I was laying, ah, oh, thank you, Jesus. Right before my head hit the pillow, the Holy Spirit said, you thinking too small. I just, I went to sleep. <laughs> but I didn't forget what he said. He said, you're thinking too small. I'm like, God, I'm just trying to go to sleep. A bad day. Mm. 
Mm. Mm. Mm. Got my strength. I have breath. Clothes. Finances. A nice church with air conditioning. God forbid I let some rain stop me from getting to the house of God. Mm. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. Ooh, the past three months in our home. Hmm. Hmm. The devil has come after our health like crazy. Hmm. Do I quit? Or do I rest? See, sometimes you're tempted to quit, but you're misinterpreting the the wisdom of God. It's not that you need to quit. You might need to rest. You might need to slow down. But you don't quit on what God has called you to. Someone texted me the other day. They said, um, you don't quit on what God has called you to. Yeah, never. It, It has to be uncircumstantial. Your dedication must be because the the devil don't care about your success or your comfort or your strength or your effectiveness or your your influence he does not take a day off so he's going to throw hell and what grandma used to say in the kitchen sink at you he don't care he never stops he never sleeps he's always trying to wear you down Someone asked me the other day, they said, do you believe you are successful? I said, no, I am not successful. I am faithful. I'm obedient. I'm obedient. And then I fall, I repent, and I obey again. Faithfulness has brought fruitfulness into my life. There was a time when there were five people in this room, one room, one service. I had a choice. You can sit down and play small church, have a small Bible study with five people. Or you can teach like it's 500 or 5,000. And if you teach like it's 500 or 5,000, it will grow. But if you stay small, If you lack faithfulness in your mentality, in your attitude, in your mindset, in your approach towards life, your life will stay small. You'll stay in constant struggle. God said, Joshua, you're thinking too small. I'm like, according to whose standards? He said, mine's. Because on one end, you have a human who thinks you're successful, who, who respects you and loves you would say, Pastor Joshua is successful. On the other hand, you have a God in heaven like, I'm unimpressed. (laughs) So I have a decision to make in the valley. Valleys represent this, if you're taking notes, loss. Maybe it's a season of loss. Maybe you're in a valley because you've been through a season of rejection. Transition 
Maybe it's a good transition, but the uncertainty has your emotions. You're all in the valley. You're like, I know this is a good transition, but I don't feel like it's a good transition. And then feelings that accompany being in a valley. Go ahead and write these down. Fear. Fear. Discouragement. We're uninspired. A lot of people are struggling with not being inspired right now. You know you're uninspired when you wake up and it's like, what's the point? Why go to work? You're unmotivated. Anyone got big prayers? Show of hands, don't be afraid. I do. Is it possible to jump from three weeks of kindergarten to your high school diploma? What do you need in order to get from kindergarten to high school diploma? Well, number one, you need 13 years. And, you know, maybe some people 10, you know, maturity. You have to pass tests. You have to have a new set of friends. So it involves transition. You might lose a mom, a dad, an aunt, a uncle, or grandparent in those years. You may lose a best friend in those years. I've never met anyone that went from K to 12, and God said, because you're going through all these things, I'm going to expedite your diploma. Someone say a bad day. day. (laughs) Big dreams. Require. Intense training. Intense testing. The people that make it. Are willing. To remain faithful to God when the test comes. The people who don't or they end up in cyclic dysfunctional cycles are those who try to shortcut. Only to end up back at the beginning. So tough days are a guarantee not to hurt you. To build and to develop you. So please don't misinterpret your current job. You didn't even get you the job. I remember if I could draw back with you in that season, you prayed for the job, which means that if I'm praying, I'm enlisting a greater power. I told you I'm preaching today. I don't even know if I'm going to make it to the five points. You enlisted a greater power to open a door that you could not open. That greater power opened that door. So who got you the job? Was it you or was it the Lord? Now, why did he give you that job? Not to pay you. (laughs) David, you want to be king? All right, I'm going to cause the Philistines not to trust you. 
I'm going to let the Amalekites take everything you own. And then I'm going to let the guys that you train and you built up to turn against you. You sure you want to be king? Hey, Noah, you found favor in the sight of God. But I need you to do a few things. I need you to build this mega yacht that no one has ever seen. For 120 years, there's time. It's going to rain even though it's never rained before. And I need you to tell people it's going to rain for the next 120 years, even though it's never rained before. But you found favor. Anyone ever pray that? Lord, give me favor. Don't pray that. A lot of bad days ahead. The Bible, real people with real problems. I want to encourage you, it's okay to have a bad day. It's okay to have a bad day. The world is a broken place. We're imperfect people. And these challenges weigh us down. Number two, write this down. A bad day does not define your life. It does not define your life. A lot of times when you're not feeling it, when you're having a bad day, you, you, you self-assault. I'm unproductive. I'm ineffective. I'm no good. I'm, you know, don't, don't allow it to de- define your entire life. Because if you're not careful, it'll put you in this chokehold. And you'll begin to value the certainty of the valley versus the possibility of what can be. There is certainty in the valley. There is certainty in addiction. There is certainty in dysfunction. There is certainty in fear. But you can't allow a bad day to define your entire life. It's it's just a bad day. It's just a bad week. It's just a bad season. And it's going to be, okay, so real quick, I want to give you five ways to turn a bad day into a good day, okay? Number one, name your feelings. Name your feelings. On tough days, ask yourself, am, am I sad? Am I angry? Am I afraid? These are, now, these are the steps, okay? I got my preach out the way. I want to, next five minutes, I'm going to give you all these points. It's important that you acknowledge how you feel. You have to give a voice to it. Psalm 42 says this, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? That made it in the Bible. Because God knows that you have feelings and your feelings Matter. As a matter of fact, five seconds, because I don't have a lot of time. Write right now, honestly, how you feel. How you feel. Write it down. I'm sad. I'm scared. I'm joyful. I'm happy. Write it down. How do you feel about the current season you're in? This is how you, this is how you turn a bad day into a good day. You have to acknowledge how you feel. All right, number two, share your feelings. Share your feelings. I love this here. Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loves at all times. And a brother is there for times of trouble. David said, um, the Bible says that David called Abiathar the priest. This was spiritual covering in David's life. This was a friend. This was a pastor. This was someone he trusted. He loved. Maybe even like a brotherly figure because they were in the same generation. Abiathar was someone he trusted, right? So this is, this is how you turn a bad day into a good day. Reach out to someone you can trust. Man, let me encourage you with this. It's not weird and you're not weak when you share your feelings. It's not weird. 
It's, you, it's not weird, and you're not weak. I just had a powerful talk with my dad yesterday. There have been two, two times, my dad's going on 86 years old. There have been two times that my dad, I've, I've heard my dad or seen my dad cry in, in, my, in my 36 years, but in his 86 years, probably more so true. Uh, when my grandmother passed away, and yesterday at the end of our conversation, we were on the phone for 17 minutes. And I said, Dad, let me, let me pray for you. I want to I pray for your health. I want to I pray for you. I want to lift you up because this is the reality. I am his spiritual father. He is my natural father, but I am his pastor. I baptized my dad. I brought my dad to Christ. So I said, let me pray for you. I want to lift you up. I know this season isn't, isn't easy right now. I know you're going through a lot. I know your health is waning and, and, and God is starting to call you home. Let me, let me pray for you. I prayed for him. We came out of that prayer. He broke down. He broke down. He broke down. And I know his story. I know his life. I know that in 86 years, he's never had anyone ask him. So, hey, let's unpack those tears. Men, you are not weird and you are not weak when you share your feelings. You don't. Come on now. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You carry so much. You're accountable for so much. You got so much responsibility. So many people banking on you. And guess what? Truth be told, if the women knew, this is how we feel about it. We're scared and we don't have the answers. And we got a lot of weight on us. And we feel like if we share, you won't trust us or we're going to lose you. And it doesn't matter if you're six or 86. You need someone to ask you, hey. Let's unpack those tears. And it feels so good when you can just share. And when the people that that you love the most don't judge you, but they just sit there and listen. They don't try to fix it, but they're just with you. They're crying with you. They're celebrating with you. They're lifting you up and mm, share your feelings. And I hit the men because it's more natural for women to do it. But women, you need to find some women. All right, here, this is the takeaway. When you share, here it is, you can receive care. And when you receive that care, there's a weight that lifts. And once that weight lifts, you can then function. But if you never share, you'll never walk in your full potential. You have to share how you feel. Number three, connect with God. Connect with God. Emotional health. Someone say emotional health. You got 600 men against you. You, you, you need to get these feelings intact. You got to get them intact. You got to slow down. You got to put on your ephod. Someone say ephod. This was an apron that they used before Christ in order to enter into the presence of God and hear from God. So David said, tell Abiathar to bring me the ephod because I'm going to go and talk to God. I know they want to kill me, but I need to slow life down a little bit. I need to get off the social media. I need to get in a place of prayer. I need to read a few scriptures. I just need to put it all away and get away from everyone. Jesus calls it a prayer closet. And I need to slow life down so that I can connect with God. Because here's the truth. When we lack truth, we accept lies easier. God knew that David was going to come out of this. But had David's feelings drove him. He would have lost hope and he would have quit. So David understood this, Oscar. He understood that he needed God's voice on the matter and he didn't need to lean on his feelings. 
So I got to connect with God. I have to ask myself stuff like this, my man. Is it true? Is it true? Is this really the worst season of my life? Am I really going to lose everything? Right. Is it true? Am I really unaffected? And I, am I really unproductive? Is this the truth about who I am? Or are these lies coming from the enemy? Right. And this is the, this is the problem. When we don't read scripture, we lack truth. So we become this open field of just so into me, like lies and, and discouragement. And, and we just become this open field of so, so, so. And then we live with this lack of peace. But we have to make it a practice to communicate and to connect with God every single day. Is it true? Is it true? Is it familiar? Was dad not there? Was mom not there? Did, did dad not validate you? Because their lack of validation is not your problem. Your problem is that it started to happen when you were three years old. And everywhere we go, there's a little Joshua. And someone aggravates that eight-year-old wound in me. But it's not their fault. But David had the emotional maturity, you see, because Jesse rejected him. His dad rejected him. He, he didn't even invite him to his own, his own ordination party, right? It, it was meant for David to be king. Jesse was like, yeah, he's the young one out in the field somewhere. Like, his daddy didn't, yeah, well, he's watching the sheep. That whole party was for David. But now David has matured to a place where he realizes, wow, I'm being rejected by 600 grown men. But I've been here before. I have been here before. I've seen this before. And every single time I run to God, he pulls me out victorious. Have you dealt with that little you that's still there? We no longer were an ephod as Christians because we have the Holy Spirit. It says this, John 16, 13, when the spirit of truth, this is Jesus, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. Here it is, write this down. The Holy Spirit, when you slow, when slow life down a little bit, brings clarity, a word from Jesus, and a promise about your future. When, when, when you allow the Holy Spirit to do an inner work, he brings clarity. Jesus said he doesn't even speak on his own. So the Holy Spirit's just there in your heart. Waiting to hear from Jesus. I had a lot of people ask me, why would you ever leave Florida to go to a burg, Joshua? What is your problem? Orlando, Mickey, the warm weather, Miami, three hours away. Why would you ever leave Florida to come to Maryland? Because I had a word from Jesus. And, and everything in that season that was trying to discourage me and take me out, it did not I'm going to say it. It didn't freaking matter because when you have a word from Jesus, it doesn't matter what the devil says or what they say. You just move on the word from Jesus. You got 600 men that want to kill you. Who flipping cares? I got a word from the Lord. 
That's the problem. We have words from CNN. We have words from Fox News. We have words from Instagram. We have words from TikTok. We have words from YouTube. But we don't have a word from the Lord. And that's where our peace is being robbed. As write this down. When is the last time I read my Bible? Number four, plan your week. Plan your week. How do I turn a bad day into it? You need to write. You need to plan your week. Because if you don't plan your day, your problems will. If you don't plan your week, I promise you they will. I, prom- I, I, I almost prepared for this illustration, but y'all going to have to see it in your eyes. I almost gave seven, seven of y'all footballs. And I was going to say, throw them at me at the same time. So you can picture that. That's how problems are. Right? But if you throw them at me and I, I catch them fast enough, I can put the red one in the red bucket, the yellow one in the yellow bucket, the gray one in the gray bucket, the white one, the black one, the blue one. I can put them all where, where they belong. Not every problem is emergent. Can I help you? Not every problem is emergent. I know them clothes is on the couch. But you got to pay your mortgage. You're late on your mortgage. The money's in the account. Because if you don't pay your mortgage, your clothes ain't got nowhere to go. <laughs> so you're tripping about them clothes, but you need to pay your mortgage. Right? You're tripping about them dishes, but you and your spouse hasn't talked in five days. You need to write that down. Can I let you in on a counseling session? Come close me out, Jason. Push me out. Push me out. Push me out. I need you. I need you. We got another service. You come into the office. Me and my wife are having problems faster. And you got that raspy voice because you're worn out. Me and my wife are having problems faster. I'm like, can you say that again? You skip somewhere. Me and my wife are having problems faster. First thing I'm going to ask you. Or, or I feel tired, Pastor. I want to quit. I don't want to serve no more. I'm tired. First thing we go ask you. Do you have a full focus planner? And your, your mind is blown because we're, we're not like, we're going to pray for you. And this is what Genesis says. God took Eve out of his rib and brought him back to Adam. And Ephesians 5, love your wife and serve your husband and submit to each other. We ain't saying none of that. Because the common thread of every problem in this room is a jacked up schedule. The Bible says this in 1 Samuel 30, God told him. So that means that David organized his life around God's wisdom. The most spiritual thing you can do in this season is get a planner. And write down your top three. I'm giving you nuggets. Write this stuff down. Your top three daily priorities every day. Because everything that seems urgent is not emergent you have to put your problems in their place lord i'm tired okay when are you going to start eating better when are you going to take a walk outside lord i'm discouraged okay who are you calling tomorrow at 3 p.m who are you sharing your feelings with who are you asking to pray for you what time are you doing it when are you doing it plan someone say plan How to turn a bad day into a good day.
plan. All right. And then number five, take action. <laughs> Brandon, you know what's up. Because whenever, uh, whenever we, we, we go after service, I say, so how was, how was quarter number one? The first service, lean in, lean in, lean in. Come on, come on, come on. Don't tap out. This is the best part. Take action. Why are we sharing our feelings and naming our feelings and doing our calendar if we ain't going to do nothing about it? Lean in. Look, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. So I said, Brandon, I said, how, how was quarter one? That's the 830 service. He said, Pastor, I'm just coming to find out. We all go through the same things, but different people have a different approach and outlook towards life. And he said this, some people are going to do something with that word, others won't. And I'm coming to find out that's okay, because I got a burger and a steak waiting at home. I got a nice basement, nice couch, big old TV. I'm going to enjoy my life. This word is not for me. It is for you. This was the first step. I celebrate the fact that you came to church. Do not spend another day on that stupid couch. Get up. Get up and take action because no one is coming to save you. talking to my baby about regret this is another way you turn a bad day into a good day regret daddy I love you and if you're watching I say this with all honor but you remember yesterday we had a great moment you said being 85 years old you said I wish that when I was younger I would have did this for myself and for the Lord the thing about being 85, guys, is that you can't go back to your 20s and 30s. And I've always known that excuses are the exit sign of your destiny. You got some action to take this week. That's enough. That's enough. Get up, do your hair, put on that deodorant, put on that cologne, put on that perfume, build your marriage. Build your kids, hit the books, read your Bible, fast and pray.